1: and you're listening to Bushwick, a new series that takes you into the extraordinary lives that people lead in one Brooklyn neighborhood as it explodes with arts, activism, and entrepreneurship. Today, you're going to meet a woman who defies easy description, an unusual kind of magician who today is preparing for her greatest trick yet. This is Bushwick, episode two, Abracadabra. Beckerbocker Avenue is one of Bushwick's main retail corridors, an eclectic mix of cafes, bodegas, and sneaker stores. As you walk its sidewalks, you'll see countless shops inviting you in for sandwiches, SIM cards, and discount furniture. But of all the stores you'll pass, only one invites you in for something magical. That shop sits on a busy block that's just a short walk from Maria Hernandez Park, a community hub that's evolved alongside Bushwick from the kind of place people go to buy drugs to the kind of place that screens outdoor movies for kids. As you approach this shop, you're greeted by a sign with big, bold letters that reads Abracadabra Magic Deli. But for what is ostensibly a Turkish cafe, the sign betrays a storefront that can more accurately be described as a portal to the circus. When you enter Abracadabra, you'll see customers eating at communal picnic tables, all the better from which to enjoy the show, because just above them hang multicolored aerial silks the kind that circus performers use to fly through the air and do tricks with. The walls are lined with pots, spices, and various decorations. It's clear that this is a space not just for eating, but for singing, dancing, and when the occasion calls for it, swinging from the ceiling. As you notice a handwritten ad on the wall for a roommate who bills himself as a combination video game designer, massage therapist, and energy healer, you might think to yourself that you don't come here to have a bad time. This chaotic, delightful scene is all very much a reflection of Abracadabra's multi-hyphenate owner, a woman named Delara Erbe. As she cooks in the open-air kitchen, you might be tempted to call Delara the head chef here, but she might disagree. Like,
2: when people, they call me chef, I'm not sorry, I'm not chef, because the, the chef's life is not very fun. They are there in the basement, and all the time and and stress and working but uh, this is it but uh, you can turn it (laughs) to amusement (laughs) this is same hot here as the basement okay but we are really having fun you can cut your onions by swinging
1: (laughs) this is all very on brand for someone who at this moment has suggested that she be recorded only while rocking to the admittedly quite good playlist on a large wooden swing hanging from the ceiling. You see, Delara doesn't sit. She flies. It's only right for someone whose restless creativity simply cannot be contained by stationary furniture. Delara has an irresistible charisma about her. You feel this not just in the way that she connects with you and the other customers, but in the way that she breaks into impromptu jam sessions with her staff, or the way that she regularly erupts into uncontrollable laughter. Her wardrobe might best be described as hippie chef chic. Abracadabra Magic Deli is just the latest in a long line of acclaimed restaurants from which Dalara has wowed eaters around the world. She has a decorated culinary career across three continents and has been hailed as a singular innovator in the historically conservative world of Turkish cuisine. Yet, for all her accomplishments in the kitchen, in the truest sense, she's a magician. An inventor with a deep reverence for history and showmanship, and a fierce and consuming drive to surprise and delight. Which brings us to Bushwick's Magic Deli. It's here that Delar is preparing for what's sure to be her greatest trick yet. It's an ambitious, multifaceted feat that, if she can pull it off, will all but cement her in the pantheon of great Turkish chefs. To succeed, she'll need to call on every trick she's learned in her long and unpredictable journey here. Dilara didn't discover the power of cooking so much as it discovered her. She grew up in Istanbul in the 80s and 90s, a time when Turkey was setting the stage to undergo a massive transformation. The national economy was beginning to shift from local businesses to international enterprises that capitalized on the country's unique position, bridging Asia and Europe. Culturally, tensions were starting to rise between Western influence and nationalism, and between secularism and religious conservatism. This culminated in a 1997 memorandum that saw Turkey's military remove the ruling government, a move that's been called a postmodern coup d'etat. As this was happening, Dilara was at university studying political science with the hopes of, as she puts it, saving the country. But by the time she graduated, she was disillusioned.
2: I could save uh, the country if I do the political science but while doing my political science at school I understood very fast that I won't do it I can't make it Uh, even uh, the school does it maybe I stay at the school I became academic then I saw that's also so becoming like a post office functionary uh, or something. So I understood that I can't save the country, but I can save maybe uh, some of the uh, little people uh, uh, around
1: me. And, uh... Unsure of what to do next, Delara looked to literature for direction. She was reading a lot of Gabriel Garcia Marquez, the Colombian author who'd pioneered the genre of magic realism. It's a type of storytelling that we use fantastical elements into stories of ordinary life. And Delara was inspired.
2: Yeah, After finishing the school, I said, hey, I don't know what to do now. I finished the school. I'm not going to do the politics. So what do we do? So I went to travel uh, to see what's going on. I was reading a lot to those times, uh, Gabriel García Márquez, uh, loving the magic. And I was very inspired to go to his country, Colombia. Um, so, uh, I start uh, backpacking in Colombia. I stopped in a little village called Taganga, uh, where I start uh, diving.
1: That's scuba diving. Her travels led her to a rural coastal village called Taganga. Today, it's a popular tourist destination, but in the late 90s and early 2000s, it was a quiet fishing town with a small community of international passers-through like Delara. She set up there to learn how to scuba and struck an agreement with a local dive center to cook in their kitchen in exchange for room, board, and lessons. There was just one thing she didn't have any experience as a chef. But she loved food, and she'd been cooking for her family and friends her whole life. It also didn't hurt that an English chef who'd come to stay at the dive center had taken an interest in her.
2: Scuba Diver was this uh, very handsome English uh, gentleman, uh, executive chef of uh, Bogota, Hilton. And he really liked me, and he was always coming to kitchen, oh, what are you doing here? And he was traveling with his spices, with his big knives. And so yeah, I have seen some cutting stuff from him, but uh, he was just cutting faster than me, that's it.
1: <laughs> Delar soon discovered that not only could she cook for customers, she was really good at it. She started out making Turkish-style breakfasts, and as word got around the village about an exotic new type of food, she started doing more and more until the Dive Center's restaurant became a destination just for her meals.
2: People, they start to come from other villages. Oh, there's this Turkish girl doing stuff there. Because the food is uh, in Costa Caribe is nice, very fresh uh, fish, and then rice, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have a lot of elaborated uh, food. They don't need actually. They have their fish over there. It's coming fresh, constant. But uh, it's much fun to have uh, different tastes all around the world. So uh, they said, "Okay, take the restaurant. You are doing very well." Uh, I had the seventy percent, and I was giving the thirty percent to them as the rent. (sighs) So yeah, that was that. I understood that this can be a job.
1: The power of cooking had discovered Delara, and she, in turn, had discovered the magic a chef could wield. She saw that from the kitchen, she had the power to bring people together, to introduce them to new worlds through food, and to surprise and delight them by changing their idea of what a meal could be. Still fresh out of her years in political science, there was a human element to it all that was undeniable and exciting.
2: This uh, teacher, a uh, professor, and I was helping him to write his uh, thesis uh, as a secretary, you know, and he was paying me uh, when I was student at the school. So we developed this very good relationship and he was a food critic and food writer. That uh, He inspired me a lot also about uh, the intellectuality of the food, because uh, the food is not only to n- nourish yourself and the people,
1: but the food can be political, can be anthropological. Who is eating this food? Why it... <laughs> <laughs> Delara's time in Colombia was only ever meant to be temporary. So eventually she returned to Istanbul. But the talent she uncovered in Taganga was something special that begged to be explored. After a stint managing a nightclub, she partnered with a friend to recapture the spirit that she'd helped create at the dive center. To call the project they started a restaurant might be a bit generous. We
2: opened this uh, very underground uh, eatery. Uh, the electricity came from the street, the water from the mosque <laughs> there's even no uh, no real uh, kitchen, I was cooking in the uh, buton, the picnic gas. But I was cooking Colombian
1: food. (gasps) In Colombia, the trick had been making Turkish food so good that locals even from neighboring villages would turn out for it. In Turkey, the trick became making Colombian food so good that the Istanbul bourgeoisie would not only pay for it, they'd even help Delara do the dishes in her makeshift street corner kitchen. For the second time in a row, Delara pulled off something remarkable. Bootstrapping a dining experience so surprising that it expanded her customers' ideas of what food could be. They
2: never uh, taste those uh, coconut rice. And it was not that uh, global these years. Like their only international food was sushi and it- Italian. Uh, so not very exotic taste. Like I was cooking this mango chicken. Like,
1: oh, what is this? As Delara's nameless underground eatery grew in popularity, She developed a reputation as a rising chef to watch, and she was discovering her powers at an opportune time. Istanbul was growing and changing, and with it, the traditionally conservative world of Turkish cooking. The palates of young Turks were expanding, and innovators like Delara had a bigger-than-ever audience to which they could introduce new culinary ideas. With word spreading about her talents, there came people looking to capitalize on Delara's potential— a friend and customer approached her to help him open a new restaurant as his head chef. But while Delara had a knack for elevating unusual food experiences, she didn't actually know how to manage a typical kitchen. So her new partner agreed to send her somewhere she could learn, New York City.
2: Well, I'm not a chef, honey, we are playing here. Uh, it's, it's something else, but you know what? I can do it uh, if I well, learn about uh, So I can maybe go to New York, York and if you pay me the flight ticket, uh, he just paid me $380 the flight ticket those times to come to New York just before the uh, Twin
1: Tower. In New York, she got an internship at Manhattan's Tribeca Grill, a restaurant as famous for its owners, which include Robert De Niro, as for its food. Delara threw herself into the role and got perhaps more of an education than she'd anticipated
2: learned a lot. I did, did two shifts from seven kill night, doing all these things, and I learned what not to do.
1: <laughs> she returned to Istanbul with a new set of skills, ready to take a bigger stage. And just as with her previous kitchens, it wasn't long before people took notice. One of Dilar's customers, who she'd observed bringing his lovers to her new restaurant, saw the immense talent she had and was smitten. In more ways than one.
2: He was uh, the publisher and headhunter, a great vision. Uh, and he said to me, "What are you doing here, girl? You're gonna be big <laughs> worldwide."
1: His name was Ahmed. He wanted to help Delara open a restaurant that would be truly her own, and he wanted to marry her. As Delara puts it, Ahmed helped her think bigger for what she could do with her cooking and her creativity. He sent her on a journey to visit small, rural villages across Anatolia, the storied melting pot region which comprises much of modern-day Turkey. She spent a year staying with villagers in their homes, learning their most traditional recipes, and studying their local ingredients. In other words, she was learning the old tricks so she could reinvent them as new ones. When her tour ended in 2005, she and Ahmet were ready to start a new chapter together and to introduce the world to their reinterpretation of Turkish cuisine. All they needed next was a name. Dilara wanted to think of something special, a name that was maybe a little playful to reflect a certain magic. She was struggling until an epiphany came from a wise old friend.
2: And she said, no, no, you know what, you are going to call it Sabra. I said, what, what is sabra? Yeah, I mean, sabra is, in Hebrew, is the fruit of the cactus uh, tree. Uh, he said, you are so sweet, it's so like paradise fruit, but you have a uh, spins. It's very difficult to get to you. Like, after you get it, you're in paradise. but. Uh, it- most of the people won't get it because you have spits. <laughs> which is true. Uh, but the, the, the sabra would be too un- engaged to Jewish and Hebrew, which we, we, we respect, but we are not. So why would we call ourselves we are even not Jewish? <laughs> so that would be like, uh, he said, Dilara sabra, Dilara sabra, then, oh, Dilara sabra kadabra.
1: <laughs> and so... Delara's Abracadabra was born. Up to that point, the power of Delara's cooking had hinged on introducing people to surprising new cuisines from unfamiliar cultures. With Abracadabra, she set out to accomplish her most difficult feat yet, surprising Turks by reintroducing them to their own culture's most classic dishes. Almost immediately, it was a stunning success. Within months of opening, the first abracadabra was highlighted in a Newsweek series on Istanbul. In the 2005 article entitled Turkish Delight, Dilara describes her approach to cooking by saying, quote, this is Anatolia, a very spiritual and holy place. Anatolian food is alive. All the old stories are there. We prepare special foods when someone dies, when they're born, when guests come. You can tell all your life in food, end quote. Her menu combined deeply reverent Turkish ingredients and recipes with playful, stylish preparations. But as Delara was reinterpreting Turkey's past with her dishes, the country itself was redefining its future. The economic and cultural transformation that was rising when Delara first left for Colombia was only accelerating, for better and for worse. Turkey had begun talks to officially join the European Union, and Istanbul accounted for the majority of the country's economic growth. This meant that while the city was ascending as a true European metropolis, it was coming at the cost of its most dynamic neighborhoods becoming gentrified. The same transformation that was paving the way for Abracadabra's success was beginning to render its surrounding neighborhood impossibly commercialized.
2: The location became a very, if they call it French street, they made it a very... Uh, not our style street, always loud, uh, popular music all the time in the streets. And it made it a restaurant street. I was like a, a Haydn uh, uh, people, they had to look for me to find this place, in a gypsy place. But they restored the whole street, they made everything same, and they bring all this...
1: Uh, Soon, even abracadabra grew too sceny, too far from the reverent vision that Delara and Ahmed had built it on. When Dilara became pregnant at the height of this change, she and Ahmet left the restaurant behind to take a sabbatical on an island and be together as a new family. After a year away, they returned to find that Istanbul's growth was only running hotter, and the demand for the type of stylish Turkish food that Dilara did better than anybody was just as high as when they'd left. Soon after they returned to the city, a former customer of Delara's approached her with the opportunity to recreate Abracadabra, only this time bigger than ever in a repurposed four-story mansion. With a bigger stage, Delara was able to perform even more spectacular feats, combining taste with the other senses in performance food fusions that drew attention from CNN, Conde Nast, and other outlets.
2: We put uh, art in the food, like we do performances in the kitchen. Like dancers offer the food or uh, we, we play the kitchen. The kitchen instruments uh, becomes uh, music instruments, uh, or we invite uh, other artists, not only da- uh, dancers, so we can combine food as a sixth sense to all entertainments. Uh.
1: She was being hailed by local and foreign press as a singular innovator of new Turkish cuisine. It was the purest synthesis yet of the surprising, playful, Anatolian spirit that Delara had been spreading from her kitchens since getting her start in Colombia. But just as with the first abracadabra, these were feats that were almost too spectacular for their own good. Prices, wait times, and customers' net worths began to climb until they reached a point that, as one food blog put it, abracadabra became less about the food and more about seeing and being seen.
2: If you do anything with your heart, if you put your passion and your love to anything, so it became uh, your your play, your love and your life. And not only in the kitchen, uh, and the kitchen is uh, the heart of the life. (laughs) And we pass our lives in the kitchen, so uh, that would be so boring.
1: Behind the scenes, Delara was growing increasingly passionate about accessibility and creating things that anyone could enjoy. So, as she puts it, she left Abracadabra to the money people. She helped open a new restaurant, this one a more modest eatery that seems like an overt rejection of the self-important tastes which had overtaken Abracadabra and the city. This new place was called Dathlamaya. Dolara built the menu around its old wood oven to create accessible and healthy food.
2: Everything I cook, uh, the big animals, everything comes from oven. The wood is cooked uh, in the fire, everything.
0: Right.
2: And it was not fancy at all. It was the opposite of the other place, the very low cost, uh, good food for everybody. So we could uh, sell, uh, the other one was very fancy. This one was for everybody. Uh, in all classes, all ages, uh, in downtown, everybody
1: just... Take... While Dallamay achieved acclaim for innovating an affordable, healthy, and delicious menu, Delara and her family had begun exploring options to leave Istanbul. And their opportunity came in the form of an old friend reaching out from New York. When Delara was in Colombia... She'd met a Turkish diving student named Sina. The two quickly became friends and stayed close, even as they left Colombia to travel different parts of the world. In the time since Dalara returned to Istanbul, Sina had moved to New York. It was serendipitous then that just as Dalara was contemplating her family's next move, Sina reached out to invite Dalara to visit her in the city.
2: Sina told me you should be in New York. <laughs> After two weeks, we went to New York to see with our son, two weeks to see if we want to live here. And we loved it. Uh, Our son loved it. He was five-year-old. The day we come back to Istanbul airport, he said, when are we going back?
1: And in a life of travel and adventure, it was as easy as that. Just two months later, as Turkey continued to shift and change, Delara, Ahmed, and their then five-year-old son left their lives in the country behind to go all-in on New York City. They arrived in 2012. The last time Delar had lived in New York was over a decade prior, when she was young and single and could survive as an intern at the Tribeca Grill. But now, she had a family to support, and to make ends meet, she started working as a line cook for $7 an hour at a bistro in Harlem. While this new job was certainly a far cry from the heights she'd reached back in Turkey, Delara was nothing, if not humble, and she was ready to be helpful.
2: They were just opening there. So I start to build their kitchen, everything. I like, what is she doing? I organize everything. And this is this young little Korean chef.
0: <laughs>
2: and he makes all these mistakes. I said, no, 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 you don't do this. <laughs> so he lost a little bit of his authority, like this cook comes here, $7 an hour, and she's talking too much.
1: Delara eventually left that role on her own terms. She'd been helping out at a struggling Turkish bakery in Williamsburg, a Brooklyn neighborhood next door to Bushwick, and when they went bankrupt, she bought them out. She and Amet used the space to create a new restaurant, their first in New York. They called it Abracadabra Brooklyn, and they gave it a brand new menu designed specifically for their new community.
2: Oh, I never uh, replicate myself. <laughs> uh, the Abracadabra Brooklyn was there. It was the South Park. It was not the city Five years ago, the Apple store was not there. Uh, <laughs> I started $5 breakfast there, slowly, slowly, uh, with eggs. Uh, I mean, I see people, oh, all these people, they are all gluten-free and vegan. All right, let's play for them.
1: <laughs> By now, you've probably noticed a pattern of circumstance and serendipity in Delara's life. As she puts it, she has a remarkable knack for being in the right place at the right time. Abracadabra Brooklyn is certainly an example, but the Magic Deli here in Bushwick is an even better one. It all came about late last year as Delara was picking up supplies from a grocery store in Bed-Stuy, another Brooklyn neighborhood nearby. It was cold, and her phone wasn't getting any service, so she was walking the sidewalks, trying to flag down a car to pick her up. When a car that wasn't a cab pulled over, she still offered him ten dollars in cash to take her back to Williamsburg. He accepted, and they started chatting
2: telling, uh, yes, I have this little shop on Bedford. He said, oh, uh, uh, yeah, Bushwick is very nice too, he said. I said, oh, but uh, now it became very expensive, Bushwick, I said. He said, no, no, my neighbors are living, it's very cheap, you got to come and see. So I said, okay, let's don't go there. Uh, (laughs) So instead of going to Bedford, my house, we came here. He showed me the place. (laughs)
1: This completely coincidental driver brought her to an old deli in Bushwick that his neighbors were selling. Delara wasn't even thinking of opening a new restaurant at the time, but something about this space spoke to her. The rawness, the blank slate of it all, or perhaps the opportunity to be a force for good in a rapidly transforming and vulnerable community. Within a few months, she'd bought the deli, and with the help of a creative collective called Future Clear that she'd met at her yoga studio, she converted it into the magic deli and it's here in Bushwick that she's preparing for her biggest feat yet. One way to read Delara's culinary achievements is to focus on her theatrics. Whether serving Colombian chicken from a camping stove in a nameless street stall, or parading about belly dancers against a backdrop of Istanbul's Bosphorus Strait, she's developed a flair for expanding palates as well as minds. But the other way to read her achievements in the kitchen is to focus on her reverence, the deep, studied appreciation of ingredients, cultures, and accessibility. Here in Bushwick, she's attempting to marry the two. And if the swings in the aerial silks didn't tip you off, she doesn't plan to do so in a typical restaurant setting. She's using the Magic Deli as a kind of testing ground to hone a brand new type of food art, one that combines performance, accessibility, and surprising cuisines to truly upend audiences' notions of what it means to eat food. After a career spent reinterpreting, reinventing, and remixing traditional dishes, is ready to put the spotlight on food that's uniquely, well, Delara.
2: Imagine, uh, like, uh, people will uh, get to experience to eat uh, an eye of a lamb or the organs of uh creatures, or enter in this uh, little room, like in Alice in Wonderland, and eat everything very small, or uh, things look like something, but it's totally different, like surprising them, provoking
1: them. She's been honing the sharpest edges of her craft at a series of exclusive, secretive parties called You Are So Lucky, hosted by famed underground party thrower William Atundi. At these events, Delara stages food installations like a full mountain of roasted lamb heads and a woman covered in whipped cream presented as a living cake. If she can wrangle these elements of discomfort and delight and deliver them to the plates of a broad audience, it will likely be the greatest achievement of her storied career. Delara says that she wants the Magic Deli to be her business card in a way—a place with amazing and affordable food unexpected and delightful theatrics, and a loving community at work in the kitchen. It's all materializing at a special point in her journey. She's once again an innovator in a dynamic city, but now she's savvier and even more emboldened to wow audiences with greater and greater food performances. She says she's on the lookout to connect with producers interested in helping her realize her newest ambitions, but if her path here is any indication, then she won't be looking for long.
2: That's what they call magic. The magic is the connection. Like if your antennas are open and if you live your moments, uh, I think it's just uh, that the, everything is around anyway. You just need to catch it.
1: like to extend my sincere thanks to Delara, Ahmet, Aya, that's who you hear singing on the title track for today's episode, and the entire Abracadabra team. You can find out more at their website, www.abracadabramagicfood.com. I'm excited to announce that together we have a promotion to celebrate Delara's story. This weekend only, Bushwick Podcast subscribers get 20% off their first order at the Magic Deli. You can find them at 190 Knickerbocker Avenue. I'd also like to thank you for listening. If you haven't heard episode one, where we meet the brother and sister behind Papa Rosier Farms and Bati School, definitely check it out. They're an incredible team on a mission to redefine the future for Haiti's next generation, and their story is really extraordinary. Then join us again next week for a special Halloween episode that will introduce you to the mysterious creator behind one of Bushwick's most surprising and spooky new stores. In the meantime, I'd love for you to join our community and follow us on Instagram, at Bushwick Podcast. Send us your thoughts and your Bushwick stories, either in the DMs or by emailing us at hello at hearbushwick.com. And if you have a moment, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Your support means the world to us. See you next week.